cleaning up dinner. And then she just very calmly says, guys, I've cut myself really, really bad. I'm kind of scared. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Molly. And you're listening to the Two Sisters on Adventures podcast that will allow us day four. Now, this episode is one that I've been really looking forward to telling because I think that this is one of our most um, epic epic stories, I guess, on trail that we've had. And it is going to be the story of the reason for the only time thus far we've had to go to the emergency room after a backpacking trip. So just a little tidbit for the ending here. <laughs> now the day dawned clear. <laughs> anyway, um, at Horseshoe so we Lake, were at Horseshoe Lake on our island campsite, mm-hmm. and we actually it did not dawn clear. It dawned very, very misty soggy. and foggy. Um, I remember unzipping the tent, and I feel like when I touched the zipper, like the entire tent was saturated, and I feel like we even had water that was like kind of like dripping through and accumulating. And it turns out when you camp on an island, uh, you're going to deal with a lot of misty, like, humidity. Yeah. Because it's coming around you from literally all sides. Exactly. Second issue with the camping on the island is we had to walk on, like, a little log to get to the, like, the main area to and fro. And when we walked on it in the morning, I feel like sometimes your balance is just not as great. It was the log and it was also rocks. Oh, yeah. So we walked on the log and it just like tipped over. So like (laughs) Rachel and I both had wet socks in the morning. And then another thing, we actually laid our tent out to dry, which knowing what we know now, it probably would have dried better pitched than laying on a rock. But we laid it out on this rock because it was so wet. Yeah. And this gust of wind like picked up a rain fly and we grabbed it in time, but it almost took a ride and (sighs) went into the lake itself. Yep. So it was a little bit of a chaotic morning, but we were so excited for the day that we had ahead but it was kind of a big day we wanted to go all the way to ice lake which is just an absolutely iconic beautiful spot in the wallawas definitely so we had some like certain pressures there which would be like we needed to get there early enough to get a campsite because we knew it was going to be popular and it's closer to the trailhead it's only like seven miles from a trailhead so we knew that other people were going to be going there too also, we really wanted to summit the Matterhorn, which is like a beautiful granite area that kind of overlooks Ice Lake, and you can see a lot of the Wallawas. So there was going to be all these different aspects telling us we needed to go fast today. And we started midweek, and so now this is a Saturday. And so the <laughs> day that we're trying to find our campsite... <laughs> Interesting planning on our part. The day we're trying to find a campsite at a very popular lake also happens to be a Saturday where it's going to be like max amount of people yeah. visiting Actually, it. if I could do this over again, I'm just realizing oh right now, gosh. I would start in the middle of the week at Ice Lake and just Shoot. reverse our Look itinerary. Okay, well. I don't know why we didn't do that. I, it must have been because oh. I think I had read that the footing was sketchy on Aneroid Pass, but I'm like, I feel like it was equally sketchy the way that, or sorry, Polaris Pass. I feel like it was equally, equally sketchy the way that we went. I wonder if it's because we wanted to climb... Okay, I think maybe we wanted to climb the Matterhorn and we didn't think that we could start early enough in the day to climb the Matterhorn on our first day. And we didn't also feel like we could climb it in the morning and then leave. I don't know. I don't know. I wish I would have written down why I did this. But but maybe we didn't have a reason. So I've just fixed your itinerary. So when you go to the Wallawas (laughs) and you're starting in the middle of the week, you're going to go to Ice Lake first. Yes. Not on a Saturday. 
High five. <laughs> so yeah, we we hit the trail, um, and we had a downhill for about seven miles. Yeah. So to be honest, I feel like that was some of the least interesting scenery that I'd seen on trail to that point. Like it wasn't ugly. It was just fine. It was pretty forested. It wasn't like the dramatic valleys or the, there were flowers, but it wasn't the huge meadows. The trail was a little more muddy and we were flying. Yeah. So we were probably averaging just under three miles an hour heading down the incline, um, for seven miles. So Mm -hmm. I remember there was one Creek crossing where we maybe took our shoes off and put on the Tevas to walk across. And like Carrie said, it was pretty much just forested terrain. And even just like the intensity of the granite around us wasn't quite so, um, significant. So also it felt hot, I think. Yeah. It was a kind of a hot day. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, we were hustling. We made it down the trail. I said, maybe we were only able to go this fast because I had shedded all eight, almost almost eight pounds of chocolate milk that I've been <laughs> carrying prior to this point. <laughs> and that could be the reason very well. Um, but yeah, we finally got to this point where uh, there was a junction in the trail and I think we got to go over a bridge. Yeah, it's a bridge like made out of a huge tree. So it's actually a very cool bridge. Yeah. I've seen some pictures of it over the years and it's kind of iconic. And I then like we it. were able to junction with the Ice Lake Trail. Mm-hmm. And so once again, it's a Saturday. It's the first weekend in August, it's going to be busy. Um, and we wanted to find a camp lake or sorry, a camp, a campsite at a Ice camp lake, lake. <laughs> a campsite at Ice Lake. So, uh, we actually had about five, five miles and almost 2,500 feet of ascent up to Ice Lake from the juncture point. And we blasted up there after the fact, I remember my GPS track uploaded to Strava <laughs> And I found out that I had I either won the crown for that section of trail or was like second place. Yeah. But we we knocked Nanny Ridge mode we knocked, was activated. We knocked out that five mile twenty five hundred feet of gain in two hours. And this yeah. is backpacking. Yeah. <laughs> We're on day four at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh so I think there was a little bit of, you know, communication required between the three of us uh just as we got towards the top it was like okay we kind of need to slow down and i was okay so i was already in nanny ridge mode but i was like gaining more and more power because we must have passed (laughs) limited power (laughs) we must have passed like five groups at this point and every group we passed i was like that's another less like that's another campsite that's not been taken and so i just feel like i was just even going faster and faster and finally we had to like take a time out and just be like okay like what pace is sustainable as we were like a half mile from you could have you could have won the running strava crown i maybe so uh but but, yeah and we saw so many people on that trail and then and not very many people descending i feel like whenever you look around Uh, and everybody's descending and not all people are descending Mm -hmm. you're like yeah. But we did, uh, this is a vivid memory of mine. We saw a guy uh, who was barefoot hiking, yeah. and I think in jeans, and I was like, I salute you, sir. <laughs> and then the other thing that was kind of notable is there were so many teeny tiny blueberry plants. And this was before we really? ate blueberries on trail. I didn't know they were blueberries back then. Oh Sorry. Gosh. We don't need to get in this whole conversation. What is it that other people call them? Huckleberries. <laughs> They were the ones that look like blueberries, not the ones that look... Anyway, high bush, low bush. I'm not going to do this conversation today. <laughs> we can do this on another day. There's too much to cover. <laughs> anyway, we saw them, and I remember I just really wanted to try them, but at that time, I still wasn't we eating... We thought they were poisonous. Well, I still wasn't oh. eating random berries on trail. I hadn't <laughs> done the Googling yet where I found that, like, what percentage of berries per color were poisonous. Yeah. And, like, ready to roll the dice. Um, so. And I remember the higher that we got when we were finally getting pretty close to Ice Lake things started to open up and there were some kind of 
cool views of the valley below us. Yeah. A lot of it was really forested terrain. A slope. That was yeah, really cool. Yeah, which is beautiful in mm-hmm. its own right. And there then, was a waterfall, too. That was yeah, cool. yeah. And then we started to head along the outlet, I think, from Ice Lake, getting closer to the lake. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we rounded a bend, and then all of a sudden, it was just... It was so beautiful. Um, the lake is in front of you, beautiful blue, and then you have um, the points of the Matterhorn, Matterhorn, and then um, Sacagawea. Is that what they call it out there? I don't know. Uh, something like we that. We were raised in a Sacagawea household. Well, Lake Sacagawea is in North Dakota, yeah. and it's spelled with a G, so it's yeah. a pronunciation that's regional. Yeah. And they, Lewis and Clark did spend a winter in North yeah. Dakota, so you would think that we knew how to pronounce it, but uh, I believe yeah. they call it... Sacagawea. Yeah. So you can see Sacagawea, you could see the Matterhorn, and then just like it's fascinating the mesh of the granite and then other types of rock, and it was just really beautiful. So um, we enjoyed it. Uh, Did we get a little water at that point? Oh, yeah, I think we did at the little outlet. Maybe just a little water because it was hot and we'd been cruising. Next day that we sprung a leak, or was this the day? Yeah, that was the next day. Okay. Anyways, so we crossed over the outlet and then we started our search for a campsite. And we kind of just worked our way around the lake. It was like no campsites. Everywhere we'd go, already taken, already taken. Spots in the trees, spots with a view of the lake, spots that were high, spots that were low. Every campsite was taken. We kept kept working our way around the lake until we kind of got to the end of. Like, I don't think that there's a trail that really connects the two ends of the lake. Like, I think it's too sheer of a rock face. And so we finally, we found a spot, like, at the very end of the trail. Um, We We found a campsite. And then I think it was something around probably 2.30 at the point we finally decided on a campsite. Mm -hmm. We pitched our tents, um, did some camp chores, and then we probably had... So Maybe we still were, wa- I mean, I don't know if you were interested in climbing the Matterhorn at that yeah. point. I still really wanted to. And so I think we had probably, like Carrie said, an hour rest break in between um, getting to our campsite, setting everything up, and then actually departing again to try to climb a peak. Mm-hmm. So as Molly said, she is not really sure, you know, she didn't really know if I was super interested in climbing the Matterhorn um, this was what we'd been out for four nights at this point, And I was like, literally so mentally exhausted. Like I could keep my body going and going and I probably could have gone 10 more days if I had to physically, but like I hadn't slept very well the week before and I just was not sleeping. Like I don't remember sleeping on this whole trip. I'm sure I did here or there, but I was like exhausted. And when we set up our tent, I remember laying down and I was just like, I'm so tired. And I think we all kind of were like, well, do we want to climb a Matterhorn or not? And it was kind of a consensus that if we didn't climb it tonight, we'd climb it in the morning. And I just did not want to climb it in the morning because I knew I wasn't going to feel motivated for that. Basically, after our 300 feet uphill that we did in a Glacier Lake, I was like, I don't really think that I'm going to feel like, yeah, why don't I get go in and go uphill up the Matterhorn and then come back and then pack up my tent. So I kind of was like, you know what? Even though I'm so exhausted, in my mind, I thought that the trail was going to be like Eagle Cap. Well-marked, decent footing, you know, something we could make short work of. And so I was like... it was literally the summit of the Matterhorn was 1.8 miles or maybe two miles top from our campsite. So I was like, let's just go ahead and do it. And here we just steamrolled up five miles in the course of two hours. Yeah. So we're like, yeah, two miles away. Great. An hour there, an hour back. 
flawed reasoning, but kind of how we talked ourselves into it. And I really, really wanted to watch the sunset from the lake that night because there were some clouds. So I just had the feeling that this was going to be an unbelievable sunset that night. So I was kind of like also in my mind, like we have to go fast up the Matterhorn and down because I really want to see the sunset from our camp area. Yeah, so I think it was about 4 or maybe 4.30 p.m. when we set out from our campsite, and we knew that the sunset was about 8 p.m., so that gave us, you know, in the realm of four hours to Mm -hmm. go out and back uh, to get back to the lake in time for sunset, and I think we all didn't want to get stuck on the descent during sunset, so we'd kind of, like, miss it, because where our campsite was set up, we had a perfect west-facing view of the sunset over the peak, so... We, we set out, we made it back to the inlet, and then we began to travel west along Ice Lake, which was a really cool area because um, the trail, it kind of like cut into the hillside, mm-hmm. and then it's just kind of a straight down shot to the lake with some wildflowers and such along it. So just a really Great. scenic view. And then you get to the back end of the lake, and then all of a sudden, the trail, it steepens up very sharply and for quite a while we were doing about I would say a thousand feet of gain per mile that was pretty much honestly the grade was probably steeper than that because going along the lake was fairly level Mm -hmm. so I would say from the end of the lake up to the Matterhorn you're going to be doing more than a thousand feet per mile and that's when it gets to be you know, a little bit more challenging terrain to navigate and it's going to take some time. Well, and I'd say that the thing about that terrain too is like for most of the Wallawas, we'd had great footing, but so it was kind of just came again as a surprise to me when it was like quite gravelly, gravelly. It was actually rocks on top of rocks. Primarily at that point, it was dirt. Yeah. And that's kind of a scary, like when a trail is mainly dust and dirt and then it's granite covered in dust that gets very slippery and going uphill we could already tell like this is a very steep trail you have to be aware of your footing and I think everyone in our group myself included was feeling a little bit nervous about the descent because it felt like a descent that was going to be very tedious and like one where you could pretty easily slip and fall and slide a ways downhill and and, like it wasn't like you were going to get super injured most likely but I think that like and Right in my mind, I'm just feeling frustrated because we're not going as fast as we wanted to go. I'm tired. I want to see the sunset. I want to do this quickly. And I just started like really building up in my head about the descent was going to be so bad. The descent was going to be so bad. So that's kind of where I was mentally at that point. Yeah. And then you reach kind of a saddle, I would say. Yeah. Which was beautiful. So unbelievable. Oh my gosh. Carrie and I, we would actually really like to go back to this area again uh, because we got to this kind of like a granite uh, Mm -hmm. saddle and we just, I think we sat there for a little bit and enjoyed the view. At this point, I think we saw a mountain goat. Mm-hmm. So that was epic because yeah. we were so high at this and point. And it's like this blend of red rock and granite yeah. and a goat All and kind of- also some green grass and like the lake below and you're you've got the Wallawas laid out before you and it's so pretty it's really cool because it almost felt like i'm thinking that ice lake is at the very end of a hanging basin and it almost felt like we were in a hanging basin above a hanging basin kind of like on this like plateau which a hanging basin is basically a spot where a glacier ground down um below the peaks right and then so it's like this sudden um almost valley but then it just ends suddenly and then there's a drop off to where the actual valley begins. So a lot of the time you'll have a waterfall right on a hanging basin and stuff like that. It's usually a very beautiful, beautiful, cool area. And so in reality, Ice Lake is like, it's this basin and Mm -hmm. then it abruptly ends in a cliff and then continues into the valley. So that's a a hanging basin. But it's almost like we found another hanging basin on top of that. uh, And it was 
beautiful. So, you know, we saw the mountain goat. We were kind of, we were on a little bit of a plateau for a little Mm -hmm. bit and traveling was a little easier, but still quite steep. And then we got to this area that was a lot of scree um, with the exposure would just be that it was a steep hillside. Um, So if you were to slip, it just felt like you'd have a very bumpy, rocky, uncomfortable ride down for quite a ways. in a way to me. Yeah. And I feel like um, at that point I was just super tired, really building things up in my head about the descent, just feeling frustrated with myself because I wanted to feel better physically. And like Molly and Rachel seemed to be in pretty good spirits. And so I was frustrated to feel also like I was the person that kind of was just like not doing that well that day. And then there were some people who came down and they were like, it's so like, I feel like they were kind of like, it's so scary up there. Basically like the wind's blowing super hard. So it's going to be just gusting at you. It's super cold. It's very pretty. And the footing's kind of scary and there's a lot of exposure. And I feel like I just like, as we continued going up, I just felt, kept thinking about like, if I fall here, I'm probably going to like break my leg. If I fall here, I'm going to really hurt myself. Like if I fall here, I'm really going to like, it's going to take forever for someone to come and help me because we're so high up and we're going to spend, I'm going to spend the night on this mountainside and the temperature is getting cold and all I want is to be at the lake and I'm so tired. And I think I finally just got to this point where we were kind of at the like next level of going up and it was like even rockier than ever. It was really steep and it was this combo of gravel and also dirt. And so it was hard to get your footing and you're kind of having to hang on to the rocks around you and almost do kind of a crawling on all four situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so I think I was ahead. Yeah, you were ahead. And I think I finally just stopped. And I I don't know what I said. I feel like I was like, I don't want to go anymore. I'm just like scared. And I just don't think I can do this today. Yeah. And so, I, dude, we have a little bit of a, a I think you were kind of, meeting. well, I think that you kind of came back down to me and Rachel came up and I think you were kind of like, we're like, we're so close to the top. You can see it right there. Like we've already done most of the hard part and Rachel wanted to continue too. And you kind of wanted to continue. And I was just like, I just feel like I'm in like such a bad headspace. Like I'm so scared right now. And I just don't feel like I can make it to the top. Like all I could think of in my mind was all the scenarios of like how I was going to fall, which I feel like sells a person up ton of to fall. And I felt like sick to my stomach kind of, and almost like I could pass out, but I didn't share that with the group obviously. Cause I'm, I'm just sometimes like a stubborn person. And I, I just knew it was all related to my own headspace. But I was just like, I don't think I can do it. And so I think that you guys were like, well, you can kind of just like sit there and we'll just run up to the top and come down really quick. And when it comes to mountains, it's like, it's always like the summit is closer. It, you always think it's closer than it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Rachel and I, I wonder if we were maybe even just, we might have even been a half mile away yeah. from the summit when we made that decision. So Rachel and I, we picked our way up through the trail. Um, and then we got to a point where the like weird scree trail junctioned with a little bit more stable ground. But then it was still switchbacks, and I mean, we were going uphill, and I feel like it had probably been like a good 20 minutes from when we had left Carrie behind sitting on the trail. Um, and we were at this spot where we could see the top of the mountain, like we could see people standing on the summit, but they were pretty tiny, so we still knew it was fairly far away. And I think we were about a third of a mile from the top of the mountain and probably no more than 300 feet of elevation. And I don't remember kind of our decision matrix i don't know if it was i think you guys just felt bad i think we just like you yeah. weren't having fun anymore yeah you know? i know i think we were just trying to hurry because yeah. we were trying to hurry to tag the top and then get back to carry as fast as we could and realizing like hey this is taking longer than we thought it would and we left carry behind and it 
I don't know. I just didn't feel like it was worth, like we knew it was still going to take probably like 20 more minutes to get to the top and then we turn around and like at that point. We're probably all going to miss sunset. As yeah. Late. So I think that Rachel and I, we just kind of had a little bit of a timeout and decided like, you know what, we should just probably turn around and, yeah. and uh, get Carrie and then continue yeah. back down to the lake for and sunset. at that point I made my way back to the saddle and I feel like I just sat there by myself and I definitely had a good cry because I was just so frustrated and annoyed because I knew that it wasn't necessarily that that trail was like beyond my ability or my skill but I just couldn't do it that day like I just and like mentally I was just so off and so in my head that I just felt like it was not safe for me and that was just so frustrating so I feel like I sat there and I had a good cry and I took some pictures and of course the goats just like up there showing off so I feel like I was like in a better mood and then you guys kind of showed up yeah and I got there and I don't remember did we debrief at that point I think that you guys came back and I mean I think internally I was a little bit like frustrated to have been left behind when I was just feeling that way but also like I understood it and I so think I don't that, think we like really talked about yeah. it. I think we just said, okay, let's head down. And then we started heading down. And I feel like the like the last third of the trail down to the lake was the part that was really steep and like dusty. So on the part of the trail before that point, it wasn't quite so terrible. And here, you know, it was steep on the way up, but on the way down, we could actually cruise pretty good. And so Carrie and I, we kind of started talking and I don't know what I said to you um, about, you know, how we had turned around or, or whatever. And I, Carrie told me and she was like, I felt like when you left me, like, I felt like I was at risk of actually like the trail was so precarious. I felt like I could fall and like, I was really deeply concerned that I might break my leg or injure myself Mm -hmm. and when you guys left me I just was so scared to be alone there on the side of the hill and I don't know I feel like you kind of cried and what I'm getting to is I feel like (laughs) I guess I had not like really processed what I had done like I thought like Carrie is fine she can hang out we're gonna tag it and come back I don't think I had realized where she was at mentally, yeah. like that how you were feeling yeah, so Yeah, no, worried. I think that's true, yeah. And I just felt so overwhelmed with guilt. Like my sister, my hiking partner, my adventure buddy, like we do things together. And I just felt like racked with guilt at how I had <laughs> left her sitting on the side of the mountain, feeling like she was physically unsafe. And so I was bawling, Carrie was bawling, I was trying to apologize. <laughs> I was like and I could almost cry a little bit right now. That's so funny. I was like, yeah, Carrie, like I'll never leave you again. Like, yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry if I've betrayed your trust. Um, and so... I feel like that was kind of a And then Rachel moment. was there, too. <laughs> I was like, oh, Rachel. I, yeah, yeah. I don't think Rachel had ever seen me cry at I that point. I don't think so. Um, I think she's kind of like, oh, no. I know. Rachel's kind of like... a sister fight. Yeah, yeah like, she's I'm kind of like... like, there. like <laughs> <laughs> but I did I think I promised yeah. you from well, that day on that you know <laughs> <from this table. laughs> if we're ever at a point where one of us doesn't want to continue yeah. then it's like a no questions asked we'll just turn around because yeah. there it's stupid to um well it's not stupid well, it happens okay. all Here's the time the thing. but like one week later I read a story about someone who was hiking with their family they were like I'm just tired I'm gonna let your like you guys go up there and they passed out by themselves and hit their face on a rock and, and then a celebrity actually happened to be the next person hiking up <laughs> helping them and I was kind of like I never actually in my mind when they went on I understood why like I felt kind of frustrated about it I was mostly frustrated at myself but I think that like in my mind I had never actually thought like well I could just fall like if I did pass out I could have a problem because I'm yeah. alone 
And then I think the other thing that kind of always is a factor is we only have one inReach, so you guys didn't take it with you. So mm-hmm. it's not like I could be like, oh, like, how are you guys doing? So then I also, while I was by myself, was worrying about you guys because if you guys got in a situation where you're injured, what, do I just sit at that, like, Hanging Valley saddle thing, you know? Yeah. For, like, an hour and wait yeah. for you guys to come back, and then do I have to try to go up myself? And so I think it was just, like, there was a lot of factors, but ultimately it definitely made us better teammates, I'd Totally, say. and so I, that's just was a nice exp- – I yeah. mean – uh, I feel like there was like some regrets and like, you know, feeling yeah. like I made a bad decision and I kind of like broke our trust a little bit. But then after the fact, I, yeah, we good. It was just an, I don't know, a nice way to come to an understanding of like, okay, now I know, you know, summit fever or wanting to accomplish a goal is not more important than being a team and doing things together and being safe. And so I think that was actually a really good formative lesson that we learned on this trail, like so many other lessons Mm -hmm. where we knew what to prioritize from there on out. And I think we've been able to be a safer team because of it. And as a result, actually do things even more and more challenging and more fun Mm -hmm. because we can be on the same page and make decisions when we feel like we're at a point where we should turn around. We continued our descent uh, towards Ice Lake, and contrary to our belief on the way up, it was actually a pretty cruisy downhill. Yeah, <laughs> I like. I feel like I was kind of coming out of my like um, freakout cave, and I was like, seriously, <laughs> oh, we just like doot, doot, doot. all the areas that the dust like felt so intimidating on the way up our footing was fine and we made super good time back down to the lake. So mm-hmm. we made it back to our campsite in time to cook our supper. And then I think we actually got to sit there by the edge of the we lake. We were doing a little cooking at the edge of the lake. Um, and the sunset was around 8 PM. And as Carrie had suspected, the clouds just lit up and mm-hmm. it was, I think that that sunset holds as the best sunset I've ever seen yep. in the state of Oregon. Yeah. I think, I mean, I can't think of a better one I've seen backpacking, actually. Honestly. Yeah. I it mean, was absolutely maybe I gorgeous. have, but that was unbelievable. It was, it was so many colors and the oranges were like perfect with the colors of the Wallawas. Like yeah. it was unbelievable. So we were just kind of in high spirits. Like it's, it's always hard to rebound. I think that actually... Probably if we hadn't like worked through our little thing together, then we put well, would have all been a little grumpy. But I feel like we really put all put it all out on like the table and worked through our frustrations. Cried, cried and we're like, you're so important to me. Oh, that's right, <laughs> Carrie. You just mean so much to me, and I just feel so terrible for failing you. So we were in like really high spirits around the lake. Um, it was the rebound it was, from the cry. Yeah, it was the last day. We were we'd all decided we were still gonna have fun and. And we were going to pull out one our of our treats. Cheesecake. We yeah. had a treat. So um, we, I forgot about this. This was the summer of backpackers pantry desserts. Mm-hmm. I, we really came into that. And so a couple nights earlier, I think we'd had the, what was it? The creme brulee. The creme brulee, which, oh, still love yeah. that. Which originally dessert. we were going to do chocolate milk dessert, chocolate milk dessert, yeah. chocolate milk. But we had had to front load chocolate milk, totally. chocolate milk, chocolate milk so that I didn't die so and then the, dessert. we had the creme brulee the night before, and now we were going to break out the chocolate cheesecake. Mm-hmm. And so um, also something that we are learning, but we... Um, we, like, didn't really hike with a knife. Like, Rachel had no, a knife. No, we always had a knife. We did? Yeah. Okay. And Rachel had a knife, and it was part of her multi-tool, so, you know, we brought silverware. 
Uh, we just whatever. never wanted to dig Camp out wear. your whole multi-tool. Totally. So, but Carrie or but Rachel, she had um, this knife that she could fold out, and then if she folded the knife back in, uh, she had like a fork and a spoon mm-hmm. that would like come out of it. So she had a multi-tool knife. So this entire trip, it'd been kind of like this running joke that Rachel had to open everything for us. <laughs> like she was our mom. <laughs> exactly. So um, when it came to like some of the backpackers' pantry stuff, like I think we were still having the pad tie at that point. And I have and to say, backpackers' pantry, get your stuff together. <laughs> Put them in Honestly. a Ziploc. Why do I have to pull out a knife, a scissors, rip it to shreds like an animal <laughs> to get to the package? Like, they always put little package stuff inside in this yeah. sealed container that you cannot tear open. Totally. So then, like, you know, when we'd be having that backpacker's pantry stuff, she'd whip out her knife, she'd open it up for us. Mm-hmm. We'd always like, thank you, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'd go about our day. So we'd enjoyed our dinner. And, uh, yeah. The sun was setting. We'd taken all of our sunset oh, yeah. photos. And, uh, we were like, oh, it's time for us to have our cheesecake. <laughs> and was done rehydrating. Yeah. So, Rachel, you know, we, we were going to make our cheesecake. Well, it wasn't no. done rehydrating. We were going to, we were going to sprinkle the stuff on top. Okay. It was done rehydrating. Okay. Gotcha. Because when you <laughs> open the bag, you just rehydrate it. And then the sprinkle stuff is what we needed to open. Gotcha. So, we, I gave Rachel the bag and I was like, oh, can you open this for me, mom? You know, type of thing. <laughs> and she, um, starts cutting it open. I'm looking at the sunset molly's probably like i think we're both cleaning up dinner and then she just very calmly says guys i've cut myself really really bad i'm kind of scared and i was like for some reason i'm like what is my personality defect where whenever someone says this has happened to me more than one time in my life where someone has cut themselves seriously with a knife on their finger and I always think they're joking. Yeah. Like one time, so and it was kind of the the fault of the other person because they were opening like a huge thing of um, uh, tomato sauce. So I was like, oh, tomato sauce on the finger, hilarious. But when she did that, I was just like, oh, Rachel, you silly goose. That's not really a funny joke because we're out here in the wilderness. But lol. And she's like, no, guys, I'm being serious right now. I think it's pretty. I deep. cut myself, and I think it's really deep. And then when I looked and she was like bleeding a lot and I was like, oh, I think she cut herself for and real and I think it's bad, like really deep. So, um, you know, it's, it's such a shift all of a sudden from just like such a relaxing, enjoyable night. Oh, it's like night. this happy-go-lucky, yeah. enjoying Everybody's the joking. sunset, about to have our cheesecake. To like, to... okay, something serious has happened and we need to take care of it. And basically what happened was she was kind of looking at the sunset or something. So she flipped her knife out and accidentally pushed against the, blade. the edge to cut. So like, she, and she, no, she said she actually watched it cut her she said she watched it go in and i'm like ooh. but it was she thought that but she the thought knife that was pointing she down. thought it was pointing the other yeah. direction and so immediately we're like okay i was kind of like ah so the first aid kit that i've carried for these years is important um so i'm like okay no big deal like we're gonna get first aid going we're gonna take care of that cut um i think if i did it over again I would have irrigated it longer. We just irrigated it a little bit, but we were using filtered water because it seemed like you shouldn't use unfiltered water. And our filter was slowing down because I don't think we backwashed it enough. And so it was kind of like, it felt like we were filtering it and that was really painful. And it was also bleeding quite a bit. Yeah, it was bleeding a lot and it was very painful to filter it. So I think that we were kind of like, let's just get to compression. Yeah. So I had all this gauze and wrap in my first aid kit. So Molly, um, you know, had Rachel, like, Rachel was sitting because it was pretty painful for her. 
And so Molly's like holding her finger above, like elevated above her head in the gauze for probably like 20 minutes, yeah. putting a ton of pressure on totally. it. And it was just like bleeding and bleeding. And after about like 20 minutes, it was still bleeding pretty bad. And I feel like yeah. you were like, I, I kind of want to switch out the gauze. Yeah. And another issue is I almost wonder if it was longer than 20 minutes. I yeah. want to say that we elevated. So I looked well, the like once took it off. and then it was not bad. It was bad still. Yeah. And I want to swear that with the gauze itself, well, so we elevated for like an hour. Oh, that's probably yeah, true. So I, I compressed and elevated Rachel's finger. She's just like sitting there like in a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, so I'm compressing and elevating and like, you know, I try to check it and it was still bleeding. And obviously with gauze, that's not ideal because when you do move it, yeah. it kind of tears away. And I feel and like so, it was sticking so hard to her skin that Molly's like, I need something other so than what we did though. So after an hour, it's like, I think it's kind of stopped. So legitimately like this is like 9 30 PM now, yeah. totally dark. So I'm like, and we okay, still haven't Carrie. eaten the cheesecake. <laughs> I think it's stopped. Like, I think we can try to bandage it up. So I take the gauze off and it just like, everything peels off and it just starts bleeding profusely again. And I was just like, ah, why? no. So, so I was like, okay, I think we need to use cloth. And I was like, okay, I can cut a strip of my shirt. Wait, first, before you said that, I said, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I brought an extra pair of underwear and it's completely clean still. Like I haven't worn it. I was saving it for tomorrow, but we can use it for the finger. I'm always like, no need, no need. I'm going to get a, the knife. I'm going to cut my shirt off. I'm like, why are we getting out of the knife? She's like, I'm going to cut it into pieces and I'm going to wrap her hand in it. And I'm like, guys, why are we not talking about the underwear as a first aid kit essential? <laughs> And so I think Rachel was like, I would rather the underwear <laughs> because like Molly had already worn her shirt multiple yeah. times and it wasn't super clean. So I was like, guys, this is like as close to sterile as it's going to get out here. I've got my underwear. And so I, of course, run back up and I get my only clean pair of underwear. And, and so we elevated. What did they say on it? <laughs> I'm cold. <laughs> <laughs> they were a winter time pair so molly's like elevating and compressing her hand in the underwear and honestly rachel was such a good sport like she i feel was. like she was kind of able to joke about it she was really tough she tough was super nails. tough and then there came like this point where molly's elevating it and i'm like so are we gonna pack out this whole cheesecake <laughs> Like, in the real world, I would probably never have brought it up. But in this scenario, I'm thinking, so we're going to add extra weight to our pack. And so Molly's, um, I'm, like, feeding Molly cheesecake. I'm eating the cheesecake. Did feeling, Rachel I have felt, some? No, because I was like, here, I'll, like, spoon feed it to you. And she's like, no, like, I'm so nauseous from all uh. the pain. And I felt terrible eating it. But I also was like, what am I going to do? Because our, our bear can was, like, filled with trash at yeah. this point because we hadn't figured out a better way to do it. Uh. And I was like, we can't bring this fully rehydrated, like, 16 ounces of cheesecake and she's also, Rachel's also like, I don't really even want to look at that cheesecake ever again. Just like eat it, get it out of the way. And so um, we're compressing, we're compressing. And I, I feel like I think it was another, another hour, hour yeah. that Molly had her, you know, hands overhead compressing the finger. And I was just trying to like take care of every camp chore for everyone, yeah. you know. And we did put a little, like, Neosporin on it from my kit. Um, then, like, once it kind of seemed like well, it was... it was kind of hard because when we tried to put the Neosporin on it, I feel like it was just, like, so... Fly off. Yeah, it was, wasn't yeah. staying. So, um, <laughs> it's true. So, after we had elevated and compressed with the underwear method now... <laughs> this is an excellent For method. another hour, then we finally decided, like, it was slowing down enough that we felt like we could actually bandage it yeah. up. So, we used our first aid kit. And, once again, we tried to throw some Neosporin in there didn't really want yeah. to stay um and then did a so layer we bandaged the underwear bandage, and then oh did we yes leave the it was left on because we were too scared to take it off again no i'm pretty sure that we actually she wore got it a, overnight 
But didn't we actually put like a bandage on it and then gauze around it? I think it was like underwear bandage gauze. Interesting. Are you yeah. kidding me? I'm serious. I'm pretty sure. Rachel, we'll have to please ask contact her. us. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so she's got it all like underwear bandaged, <sighs> gauzed up. And we gave her some ibuprofen and we were like, well, obviously this is not serious enough of a scenario that we need someone to like come rescue us. So yeah. it's like, okay, let's and go we, in our tent. We thought about it. Like, I don't think it would be wise to hike eight miles yeah. to the trailhead in the dark no like, we were that's like it's not, not like idea. so much of an emergency that we do that so in the end we well actually also i feel like rachel had enraged a friend like don't worry about me just cut my finger open but the bleeding stopped i think <laughs> anyway so um so we were like okay we're all just gonna go off to bed and like if you have any problems rachel let us know and like in the morning we'll pack everything up for you and we'll just get going it was kind of traumatic for me because it was a deep cut and it, like, the bleeding would not stop, even with that elevation and, yep. like, a very firm compression. And so we got into our tent, and all I could think of was, like, no matter what we did, the bleeding wouldn't stop. And I know we've wrapped it really tightly, but for all I know, it's just going to be bleeding continuously. And yeah. so I, like, look at Carrie, and I'm like, do you think that Rachel's going to die? She was like, so you think she's going to, like, bleed to death tonight? And I was like... Do you seriously think that if I, in my assessment, thought that Rachel was going to die from hemorrhaging from her finger rather than using my enrage, I'd be like, oh, good night, Rachel. Oh, this is the last time we're going to see that girl again. Too bad. I was like, dude, she's not going to bleed. Like, it's a finger. We stopped the bleed. It's not an artery. Like, the amount of, honestly, estimated blood loss probably, like, bills. You know what I mean? Like, it was not... It was not, like, a major bleed. And so, although it felt major, because it truly yeah. did not stop bleeding. It really didn't. And so, yeah, I mean, I did take a second to admire the stars, because I don't know what it is, but every time we've had something, like, really dramatic and late at night happen in the wilderness, the stars are beautiful. I don't know why it is. It's why? because if you go to bed, say, within, like, an hour oh, yeah. of when the sun sets, there are some stars yeah. that come out, but not all of them. Yeah. But if you're going to bed at, say, 11.30 yep. p.m., <laughs> the amount of stars is, like, amazing. Yeah. So that's definitely why. Yeah. So, anyway... Um, I took a moment, just was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and enjoy the stars, um, just because I must do that now. And, and then, then we're uh, going to take care of business take tomorrow. Take care of business tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Two, Two Sisters, Sisters on Adventures podcast. If you want to see a picture of Molly elevating Rachel's hand above her head and my underwear, you can find that on Facebook or Instagram at Two Sisters on Adventures. And if you want to listen to us in a visual podcast form, that's available on YouTube. Um, this has been such a fun series to talk about. I feel like, again, so many things are so formative. And next week, we've still got a little bit of good stuff left. Actually, some of our, some really funny stories. Yeah, so. where uh, sometimes in the moment they weren't funny, but in our friend's friend group us molly and rachel we definitely can laugh about them today so please join us again next week and uh thanks for listening thanks for listening bye, bye.